The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. What is your why? Why is it that you're doing it? Once you really keep the why in mind, the how will come. Motherhood. The stigma attached to being a single mum and the label, I should say, that comes with that narrative is it's never anything positive. And I really wanted to challenge that stereotype, really. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. I would say to a mum that, you know, don't look at your situation as it is and think this is how it's going to remain because they say time is a healer and I can be a real testimony to say that time certainly is a healer. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. This is episode three, series two. And this week's guest is a really inspiring woman. Her name is Fiona Small, and she is the founder and the CEO of the Young Mums Support Network based in London. I contacted Fiona because I just I was really interested to see what she was doing. Um, especially from the young mum side. I've not really explored that on the podcast. Ambition runs in whatever age. And because the way I've been seeing how ambition is evolving for me, I believe that exploring different ages is really crucial as well. And what Fiona's doing is she is supporting and empowering younger mums, single mums to live the best life they possibly can with the resources they've got. She is running an amazing charity, which unfortunately during the pandemic has had to go online. But what she's done beforehand was have um, a place, a centre, a community for women to meet up, to hone their skills, to learn new things and to really take you know themselves to the next level. We recorded this interview back during lockdown, but actually because of the situation that we're in now, it feels just as relevant. Um, unfortunately, we feel like we're sort of going to go back into some form of second lockdown. There's going to be restrictions in place, praying that the schools are going to stay open. But we actually talk about digital poverty on the podcast as well. And that's a term that I've not really discussed before, but it was so insightful what Fiona was talking about that the pandemic has really highlighted how being at home and trying to work, homeschooling, many people didn't have the resources, the digital resources to help themselves and their children. She touched on a notion called data or dinner. And that really highlights the inequality that there has been in the country, especially amongst the the women who are um, bringing up children on their own, that actually can they afford a laptop, an iPad, can they afford to pay for their data bills? And does this have an impact on how they're feeding their children? So we really explore lots of different things. I hope that it is an empowering conversation. I hope you find it really interesting. And of course, please let me know if this has impacted you at all, or if this is of interest or relevance to your life. Hi, Fiona. 
Hi, Kate, how are you? I'm good. We've got Fiona Small here from the Young Mums Support Network and lots of other amazing things that you do. So I'm really excited to have you on. Um, we've been trying to do this for a few weeks now and finally, hopefully, okay. fingers crossed, <laughs> we are making it happen. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I mean, it's Friday, we've got for another week, um, not so many tears, the children are all right, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're getting through it, you know, getting through. I like to sort of give a bit of context as to how I kind of come across my guests and, and how we connect. And I first saw the Young Mums Support Network online. And I was reading about what it does and what a great organisation it was. And I saw that you were the visionary behind the organisation, the charity. And we connected and we had a great conversation. And I ended up coming and doing a session for your mums as well, using my sort of EFT coaching, which was fantastic. It's been a delight to get to know you and to hear about your story and, and what you're doing to empower lots of young mums. And I guess... I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you started Young Mums Support Network, what your vision was then, and I guess what your vision is now for the future. Oh, well, thank you for the intro, and it's been a pleasure meeting you as well. I think what online has done is really allowed for people with the same um, ethical values to align. So thank you for reaching out as well. So I, I suppose to take you back um, as to how and why I set up Young Mums Support Network, I have two children. I have a, well, she's going to be 16 in October, I've got to get used to saying that. And I have a nine-year-old. And when I had my nine-year-old back in 2011, it was at a time where the UK, I would say, had gone a bit mad because following the London uprising in 2011, it happened at a time where I had not too long given birth. My son was a four-week-old newborn baby. And I was just really concerned about what I was seeing and it made me start to really think about, okay, as a mother of two children, especially, you know, as a mother of a son as well, I felt really, I don't want to use the word responsible, but I'm going to use the word responsible just because I do believe that parenting is the responsibility of us who have these children. Mm -hmm. And when you did your research, you saw all that was happening. I was like, well, who, who are raising these children? How is it that, you know, these children are able to just go out and riot? And then when I was watching the news, I had riot police outside my house. I was like, that's my building. It just felt so surreal. And the emotion, I don't know if it was my hormones. Like I said, I was just giving birth. I was a nursing mother at the time. So, you know, a combination of hormones versus something's got to be done really kicked in. Um, and then I just became really, really active as a result of that. And that was my light bulb moment. That was the moment where I was like, right, ping, something needs to be done here. And then that was, that was literally it. It went from that to... So yeah. how old were you when you had your first child? So I had my first child at 24. So... Uh, well, I was 24 and I felt pregnant, but I, she was born October and I turned 25 in May. So yeah, so this, I was yeah. 25 when I had my first child. I think we've talked about this and, you know, it's not that young, you know, compared to like several generations ago. Yeah. But nowadays when you're having, you know, children in your early-ish 20s, it does feel young. I mean, did you think to 
um, hone in on that audience because you felt like that? And did you feel like you had the support that you needed when you had your first child? Well, I think because I had my first child on my own and having your first child on your own and having to face kind of that isolation that comes with it, the stigma attached to feeling like, you know, first time mum on your own and also the anxiety that, you know, came with that. I I have a fantastic family around me, a fantastic network of friends and family and people, but I still felt quite isolated and quite judged. And I know that the stigma attached to being a single mum and the label, I should say, that comes with that narrative is, is never anything positive. Um, and, and like I said, if I relate it back to when I had my son, it was of single mothers, you know, all of it was really all this negative. And I really wanted to challenge that stereotype, really. And I think when I look back at when I did have my daughter on my own and where I was, I was in a space where not many people probably knew how I would feel because I'm usually the one that people just think, oh, Gemma's just so strong, she can get on with it, she can cope, she's so resilient. And because I probably don't so like my vulnerabilities as such, I, I kept them to myself. So just had to just put on faith and like, yes, I can do this. I can really relate to that for sure. I think when you are naturally that person that doesn't like to bother people or doesn't like to, you know, show that they are struggling, it's really hard to then reach out and ask for help. Hell, um, yeah. And, you know, and to, to be a single mum first time round, I can't imagine how difficult that must be I mean I remember being a single mum with a partner and just being all over the place and not having having no idea you know how I was going to feel each day to the next so yeah the fact that you you know did that alone is is incredible and does that kind of being in that position before that's my dog barking (laughs) it's just brilliant um is that one of the reasons why you thought okay this is where I'm going to be empowering young single mums maybe to take a step forward and and to to feel confident that they can do what they want to do they can work in business they can have careers is that kind of where you got that inspiration definitely i think personal experience coupled with if i can do it so can you you know literally really kicked in and i really got to recognize that you see isolation loneliness and I suppose mum guilt, that that guilt that we all face in some shape or form, we all feel guilty about something we probably feel that we could have done better or that, you know, something that happened. And being able to accept the stuff that has happened to you, which was out of your control. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I always say to people, it wasn't my plan in life to say, right, by the time I hit 25, I'm going to have my first child and I'm going to be a single mum and that was the aspiration. No, it wasn't. But that ultimately was the situation I found myself in and had to find some coping strategies to work with what I was presented with because I couldn't, I couldn't change the situation. And when I kind of realised that acceptance is something that you need to become comfortable with and Mm -hmm. when I say comfortable with it means that you have to take ownership take responsibility you know just hold your hand up to say actually what was my role and my part in this and not to be a victim by 
my situation, but also to just look at what can I do with this pain? What can I do with this rejection? How can I turn this around? And how also can I use this to help others? Because I'll be honest with you, Kate, there was a time when I thought I was the only woman in the world with my story. I felt that nobody else, that no, this hasn't happened to anyone. I'm probably the only one that's ever experienced. I literally believed that. Um, and then as time went on and my own self-discovery journey, self-healing journey, personal development journey, found a lot more about myself because I think oftentimes what we don't do is we don't get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's something that we have to do. Even if you don't want to, we have to look in the mirror and just face some of our flaws. And being able to revisit some of the things that, led up to events and, and how I found myself in the position that I did enabled me to get into a position where I was comfortable to share my experience with others. You see, it's, it's so inspiring. And, and like you say, you know, back then you thought you were the only person going through what you were going through. Yeah. But what would you be telling someone now who's listening, who is in that situation and um, is at the very beginning of her journey? and can't quite see how she's going to be the success that, you know, she might see that you've become. What first steps would you give to that lady? Well, my first steps I would say is to let me know that, you know, no two days will be the same and to really not to beat yourself up about anything that's presented themselves. Because oftentimes we, the blame game is something that is so real. You know, we blame ourselves, we beat ourselves up about stuff. And I would say, you know what, take it easy with yourself, take time with yourself and be able to start to think, do you know what, in the next three months, in the next six months, especially if you are a new mum and you just have a baby, you look at those early stages and you're going to want to enjoy those stages. And one of the things that I'm really grateful for is that, I, I, I had a great pregnancy, but I had a, an even beautiful newborn experience, you know, as much as I was on my own. And the, the, the preparation probably of how I thought I was going to be, was the total opposite. It was this bundle of joy just transformed my whole entire life. And it was like I had, my, I had a best friend, but she was just a baby, you know, my little company. And um, it, I would say to a mum that, you know, don't look at your situation as it is and think this is how it's going to remain because they say time is a healer and I can be a real testimony to say that time certainly is a healer and as you go through the motions it's so important to go through the motions don't bottle them up if you need help put your hand up and say I need some help I'm, I'm struggling here I need somebody to talk to or I need to share this with write yourself keep your little diary even if it's a little journal and write some self notes to yourself little things that can pick you up i am beautiful i am loved my future is bright little affirmations that you can start to begin to say to yourself they will make a world of difference yeah i love affirmations and you you kind of think they sound a bit fluffy but actually when you write them and you keep writing them and you're looking at them and reading them out loud um a great tip that someone else told me was to record the affirmations in your own voice on your phone or whatever and you can listen to them every morning and apparently from a neuro um 
plasticity perspective, the your own voice is stronger than anyone else's because our voice of self-doubt is stronger than anyone else's and our, and our inner critic is stronger. So if we're willing to listen to our inner critic, then we're willing to listen to our positive um, affirmations as well. So yeah, that's something I've told my clients and um, I keep meaning to do for myself and I've not done yet. So I'm going to do that. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a rating to help us reach even more ambitious mums and get the content out there. Thanks so much. I just wanted to interrupt this episode to let you know a little bit about my new workshop series, Forgiveness for You. I'm really excited to bring this out there. I've been working on it for a really long time and it feels like the right time. I am going to be bringing you a three-week workshop series combining coaching, my emotional freedom technique, and different elements of spirituality. I'll be bringing in meditations, affirmations. We'll be talking through the process of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and recognising all the different factors that come into allowing more forgiveness into our lives. Sometimes we can live with a burden or a weight of um, emotions that have been with us for so long and actually that's not serving us anymore and we may not even realise this until we are more conscious or we're aware that forgiveness needs to be more present and actually we can start noticing that the unforgiveness is making us sick, it's making us depressed, it's having an impact on our physical and emotional health. So if this is you or you might know somebody that needs to bring forgiveness into their lives, that they've been bearing this weight for so long that they need or you need to be released. You need to be released from this um, mentality of resentment. Perhaps it's victimhood, perhaps it's judgment or blame resentment, whatever that, however that looks for you. I would love you to come on board. I'm trying to make this as accessible as possible and it's going to be an hour and a half for once a week and on a Sunday I'm going to sort of jump on a Facebook group and we're going to talk about all the things that we've learned that week and try and implement as much as possible. So I want to make this as practical and as accessible and as helpful as possible because we shouldn't be living with resentment. We often think that many people don't deserve our forgiveness, but actually we're the ones that deserve the forgiveness. It's an emotional gift for ourselves. It's something that we can choose whether to bring into our lives or not. And once you have, you realise how much freer, how much more peaceful that you are. Please go onto my website. You'll be able to either see all the details on my website, which is www.coachingbykate.me.uk or go and have a look on the, on the show notes and you'll be able to see all the information on there. So again, my website is www.coachingbykate.me.uk. And if you have any queries or you just want to have a chat through it or chat through how I use the different modalities to to bring this forgiveness package together, I'd love to hear from you. Just drop me a DM, send me a message and I um, would love to be able to help you. Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. I'd like to know how you 
as a single mum, then went on to set up a charity and you went on and did business courses you kept on with your self-development you know there you are parenting alone and you had this ambition one of the reasons why I thought you'd be brilliant this podcast is the name the ambitious mum and it's got lots of different connotations the ambitious mum and one of them is this thirst for self-development and thirst to evolve and progress and, and never feel that we're always going to be stuck in the same place. There's always hope that there's a future and our paths are always evolving. And that is what I, you know, I love to give, um, you know, any insights and wisdom to, to any women listening that even if they feel that they're, they are in a hopeless situation now, or they can't think anything will ever change. Hopefully listening to lots of different um, women's stories on the podcast, they'll, they'll always know there's, there's options, there's opportunities out there. And um, I mean, do you find that a lot that that women will come to your um, to the well when they were physical meetings, when they had the physical you know workshops, do they come feeling quite hopeless? And are you bringing them new hope and opportunity? Absolutely. And the women that we work with, I mean, their stories and experiences and some of the complexities that these ladies have faced and are facing, it makes you realise that you know. As much as you sometimes can think that you've got it bad, there's others that have got such a different reality, such a different story that they're battling on a day-to-day basis. And it also confirms and clarifies that everybody needs support. Everybody needs somebody that they can say, do you know what, you can do this. You know, you need a cheerleader. You need that person that can encourage you and motivate you because you see, when you're stuck in your own situation and you're feeling like, I don't want to say worries me, but if you can't see past the, the clouds and everything just feels weighty, especially if you've kind of had to dodge some life um, bruises and you, you've got the wounds, you know, to kind of show for all that you've been through and you feel like life, when is this going to change? All it takes is for you to encounter in on the right person or engage in the right sort of services and those, what we do so well is just kind of bring back hope. We, one of the, we, we have a session, when we were meeting in person, one of the sessions that we run at our hub is a sewing, sewing club. And it's led by um, one lady that works with me called Sarah. And, you know, one of the mums who, who suffers with um, mental health, used to be really isolated, didn't have much to do, but really engaged, loved the sewing sessions and had so much skills, like you'd never believe, hidden talents and mm. skills. She brought a card once, and this was so touching, and it was from her daughter, and her daughter wrote the card to say, inside her daughter was about eight at the time, and said, thank you for helping us. And that really touched us, because, you know, when you read... And she drew, drew like a lovely little picture inside. She wrote her name and said, thank you for helping us. And in other words, what this child was actually saying is, thank you for helping my mum, because in, in helping my mum, you've helped us. And that mm-hmm. really, you know, it pulled on the heartstrings to think, if ever you felt that you're doing right, you know you are because children yeah. are, are able to, you know, show gratitude for whatever changes were made within that household or whatever change they saw within their mom it's such a small thing isn't it like you think but so many of us and you know people who are in very fortunate positions women who are you know working they've got kids and partners and life's busy we we don't sit down and you know 
take any time for ourselves. We probably are in a position that we could if we wanted to, but maybe as you know, if you're a busy woman and you, you like being busy, we just we don't know how to sort of put our foot on on the brake. But when you're in a position where you don't have the opportunity or the access to to maybe tapping into something like sewing or gardening or running or anything like that that a lot of us take for granted yeah. it just shows how much joy something so simple can bring what other workshops do you do similar to that 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 you've noticed quite a big change in people so we've got a variety of programs. We've got the sewing club. We've got the cooking, which is the ladies' lunch. That has been phenomenal. Um, we've got Ready Steady Work, where we support mums back into work. We've got gardening program. We've got one called Managing Your Home, where we support mums with, you know, just home management and routine and structure. And um, we've also got one called Mums in Business for mumpreneurs that want to set up their own um, entity or organisations. But I tell you, the one that really has been I'd say the game changer is our ladies lunch because we've partnered with Fair Share, the charity is where we get the food from, that we cook the food and we have a chef who was delivering the, the session and what happened was the ladies, all that were attended, I mean the meals that they were making, it was just Oh, really lovely. When we do get back in person, Kate, you've definitely got to come to London and come to our lovely. ladies lunch. It's amazing. And you know, a few of the ladies expressed an interest in getting into hospitality and training. So I decided um, to look at, because where our hub is, it's in the borough of um, Wandsworth. It sits on the grounds of the school. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about how we actually got access to that as well. Really interesting story. Anyway, Battersea Power Station is very close and they were running hospitality courses. Um, and I recently was invited to sit on like the steering committee for Battersea Power Station and was invited by um, the, the lead, which is like they have like a CIC arm, a community investment arm, and they run like courses within hospitality, barista, construction. We had seven of our mums join the hospitality course. Every single one of them completed the course and got a qualification in hospitality. As a result of that, they've been leading the sessions of Ladies' Lunch. Obviously, this is pre-lockdown, so that stopped. I think we had our last session probably early March. We, we decided that we, obviously, when things started to slow down, we had to slow things down. But the ladies had been running it themselves. One of the things that you've got to realise that women, we, we are mobilisers. We know how to come yeah. together and make it happen. And what was really beautiful to see down at our hub is that they're, they're coming from all different walks of life, different cultures, different nationalities. There's times when every each week would be a different nationality dish. And, and oh, the way that they, it was just a man. And then even the conversations at the table, just learning about cultures and people's childhood and where they come from and how long they've been in the country. It's so enriching. It was, it's like, it was like the big, well, we used to call it our big brother house because there were so many different conversations that would take place. It's just amazing. Oh, I love that. It sounds incredible. And I love that, that terminology mobilizers, because as soon as you said that, I had an image in my head of the amount of different times I've worked with, with women and mm. shit happens. We, we make stuff happen. Okay. And, you know, whether you're on the PTA or you're on a board or you're in a friend group organizing a hen party, whatever it is, if it's women, yes, there could be, you know, slight power struggles going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I'm not, I'm going to gloss over some of that stuff, but you know, women get stuff done. And when you're in a, when you're a single mum, I can only imagine that that instinct that is buried within us just comes out even more so. And um, I mean, I've seen friends who have gone through divorce and death and all sorts of different things, and they have risen so to these amazing heights that I didn't even know were capable. Yeah. And um, and I think that we, as women, we should be in a position of responsibility to empower other women who are not fortunate to be in the same level that we're at at the moment. And that is why um, I love coaching the women that I do and doing the podcast, because if we can help give each other steps up when that other person is feeling a little bit, you know, on the lower ground, then it'll always come back. Um, you know, we'll, we'll always be able to know that we can help each other. And, you know, with business as well, I think we're seeing a lot more now that, you know, I think maybe back like in the 90s, it was all a bit catty and we weren't quite at, at that stage yet where we kind of looked at each other as not being competition. Yeah. And now I think we are seeing, women are seeing each other as actually, if we support each other, we're going to get the do- job done even better. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that whole kind of competitive cattiness is gone and it's like collaboration and building each other up. So what what's your plan now, sort of like future-wise that you are, I know you're doing a lot of public speaking, you're working on boards. How are you, what's your vision now to, to be helping um, more women? Well, the vision now, I would say since obviously the pandemic and since lockdown, we have managed to still be able to engage with a wider reach of mums across the country and still been able to provide support via telephone support, via, you know, I call it informal counselling. With The title that um, our service is known under in sector is called social prescribing. And social prescribing is a term that is used to it's a, where communities kind of look after themselves. And that is what we've managed to be able to do, where we're providing um, social prescribing virtually to our mothers. So we've got women who have, have not been able to come out because they're shielding or a mum that's given birth during lockdown and hasn't really got support, like aftercare support from healthcare profession. One mum, in fact, you know, had a cesarean, um, first time baby, got an infection, haven't had anybody come and see her, was really worried, was able to provide a really good reassuring phone call to her, signpost her to who she needs to like get in contact with. There's a lot of that that's gone on. So you think about those women who are not able to access services um, as they once would, but still need a phone buddy or somebody just mm-hmm. to speak to to say you know um the baby keeps crying what can I do or is there any way that I, am I doing it right or can you give me some advice on this or who can I talk to about that it's so important for mum's well-being especially during this pandemic to be very focused and highlighted because mm-hmm. That isolation that we've all faced isolation over the past three months. Let's keep it real. We've been locked in our houses with our children, trying mm-hmm. to to manage it all. So it's been a really peculiar time. 
Um, much less if you, you already had your own issues and challenges going on. How do you manage that? So the vision is to really develop a service where no mum is left out. Every mum matters. There's, you know, a lot of need at this moment. And I believe that with what we're developing from a digital perspective and a virtual perspective, that we can really kind of raise our voice and our visibility to reach those very much hard to reach mothers. We've always worked with hard to reach, underrepresented, quite socially excluded and isolated mums anyway. With all that's been highlighted from digital poverty, you know, we, there's a new term now called digital inclusion. Who knew that there was a thing called digital poverty? Yeah. You know, you're, you've got schools that are sending homework and everything electronically. How do you know that mums have Wi-Fi at home? How do you know that, you know, mums understand their children's homework and can sit down with them and homeschool? And, you know, mums with more than one, two, three children, everybody's got laptops, everybody's got a PC. No. That's not, mm -hmm. I've had mums who are trying to let their child do homework from their phone. Mm -hmm. I've had mums who it's like, okay, is it data or is it dinner? Do we buy food or do we top up the data so my wow. child can do work? Yeah. You know, whole different lived experiences. But what this pandemic has done is really highlighted just how wide the inequality gap is. If ever we didn't think it existed, you've just got to look at the term digital poverty. When you say that and, you, you know, the words dinner or data, that is like, you know, really honing in on, on the whole situation. Because like you say, I mean, I go back to, you know, what I've been experiencing with, with lockdown and, um, you know, we're fortunate to have a laptop and the kids can share and, and they've got an iPad as well. And there's, there's opportunities there, yeah. but it's something that really needs to be um, brought to the forefront. And I think so many of us need to understand what's going on. And, you know, that, that I think you're right, this pandemic has, has kind of shown all different things that are going on. And when we say the word digital poverty, yeah. um, and did you say, was it digital include? What did you, what was the other? Yeah, digital inclusion. Yes. So what we have been exploring now, because even some of like, tech companies and like the mobile phone companies, they're looking at kind of how they can distribute some of their like laptops and phones and stuff so that people have access to. And as you saw the education minister, he actually said that he's going to be providing free 4G Wi-Fi for all disadvantaged households. I mean, when that's going to happen, we don't know, but <laughs> promises, promises. But as long as, I think people need to be held to account. Let's put like a holistic perspective on things. And then you add up all of these issues and think, well, what, what did you expect to produce them when you've got all of these things to factor and take into consideration? And oftentimes you'll only hear one end of the story. And that will be when you read the front page of the Evening Standard and think, oh my goodness. But you don't know the back end of it. You don't know mm -hmm. the whole, you know, process of what's all happened. And it's, it's bigger than most would even realise, you know? It has. It's really kind of made a lot of people think about, you know, the kids and especially what Marcus Rashford did with the school dinners as well. Um, you know, you think about that and children, were, you know, on being able to be fed properly because they haven't been at school. There's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot of families and communities that need help. 
if someone's listening to this now and they and they feel that they want to volunteer they want to help financially what where can they go what can you offer well they can go to our website on our website we do have a donate button and they can donate there um or just send send in some information just there's an inquiries button there so you'd like to send your inquiry to say how can we help um and just yeah we can stay connected you can reach out to me directly as well and just send me a message you know i'm accessible um kate that's how we connected as well so definitely i'd say reach out because there is definitely a need and um yeah the more help and the more hands we have the much better it, it will become really i know that you're based in london and you, you have the workshops in london and, and you know the different lunch clubs and everything but mm. you said that you're hoping to you know really expand on a digital level to serve the country so you know if anyone is listening and that would work for them hopefully you'll be able to give them more information yeah, well, definitely, because you see the relationship we have with Fairshare, we still are able to provide food um, to the mums that we know, especially within the borough of Wandsworth, to get access to, because they actually send a text to us on a weekly basis with um, the food donations that are available. And these are from supermarkets. These are not, um, you know, just food banks that just, they are, it will be Waitrose, um, Asda and Tesco is where the okay. food is. In, in fact coming from and these are not um gone off food these are food that they cannot sell so it may be approaching its sale by day or it's about to go off on that day and you'll be surprised this is why with the ladies lunch what we used to do is we say like say we have two or three ingredients like right how can you make this stretch what can you do we're even going to be looking at doing some more interactive videos around food as well so yeah. we want to look at um ensuring that those that may not have or on a low income or are in receipt of state benefits and you know they've got to, they still need to eat children need to eat food children need to be nourished they it's it's just their base all of our basic needs you know and i don't see it being something that you know we shouldn't be able to access food i mean food i've always had a problem with food banks from when david cameron thought it was absolutely fine to introduce them i think in england food banks how is that i really but i get that you know we have a food poverty crisis in this country one in four children go to bed hungry in this country and that was a report that report was um we took part in that report through the young women's trust and i believe that might have been 2019 data so goodness knows what the the because that definitely increased especially during this pandemic it'll be really interesting to know the data following that but you've got to recognize that poverty as a result of poverty what will that then produce we're looking at mental health we're looking at crime we're looking at violence we're looking at you know that the, it, it, the list is endless as long as we're able to kind of look at bridging that gap and finding some support the children parents feel that actually I can, can you imagine how disempowering it must feel to know that I can't be, find food to feed my children or to yeah. feed my child. You, you, you couldn't begin to imagine it. What you sort of just mentioned then was what you said at the beginning of our conversation was that you'd noticed, you know, it was 2011, that the riots were going on in, in London, um, they were going on around the whole country. Yeah. And, um, you know essentially it the buck stops at us as parents and 
we have to claim a responsibility to to be knowing where our kids are and that and looking after their welfare many of us haven't got all the means and the support you know for that but what you're doing clearly is you're you're looking far ahead in the future and you're trying to stop what potentially could happen further down by supporting the parent right at the very beginning of their journey and i think it's amazing I hope that anyone that listening here is like who is able to help. So it's been a really fantastic conversation. Um, last question, you being the amazing motivational speaker that you are, what would you say now to a woman who is sort of on the cusp of, of wanting to start a business, begin a new career, wanting to, I guess, start fresh and, and really kind of like give herself an opportunity what would you what would you say to them now i would say go for it and when i say go for it i mean give yourself when you when you're thinking about something that you want to do oftentimes people it comes from a, a, a place it's like your why what most people say what what is your why why is it that you're doing and once you really keep the why in mind the how will come and oftentimes we've really got to find what our why it is and if you're not as motivated or incentivized by it, it maybe not just because you don't want to do it it's just there might be something else so i would say find your why and when i say why do you want to do it why do you feel that there's a need and convince yourself that start to rehearse your pitch like use your gerodoran or your go to your mirror and be hi my name is and this is who i am this is what i want to do and begin to because one of the things that i've learned in this journey is that I became the face of this journey, not only because of my personal experience, but because I knew how to sell it and pitch it. And I could sell it and pitch it because it's my personal story. And mm. when you're telling your story, you're telling your story from here, from the heart. And that is what I would say is find that, the thing that sometimes you're like, I've got to bring this to, I've got to bring this to life. Make it, so it really weighs you down. Write things down about what you'd like it to look like. And even to just get started, is a massive massive step and a lot of people they don't start because they're worried about all the other aspects of things but there are if it's a social business that you're trying to get into there are different kind of social organizers i'm a fellow of the school for social entrepreneurs i highly recommend them i'm going to be doing some digital stuff with them very soon they really can help social entrepreneurs to get their stuff off the ground you know if you're looking at something commercially there's all different sorts of things that you can actually plug into but just get going and I'll say find that why and the how will follow. I love that that's fantastic thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure I will put all your details in the show notes but just remind everyone what the website is for the Young Mum Support Network so if they want to quickly check now they can do that. So the website for Young Mum Support Network is www.ymsn.com .co.uk um, so that's Young Mum Support Network all abbreviated our Instagram is our name at Young Mum Support Network and yep if you search Young Mum Support Network all of our stuff comes up as well so you'll find us brilliant and Fiona's also on Instagram quite prolific aren't you you love a bit of Instagram <laughs> love a bit of Instagram <laughs> oh, you can, yes, you can find her on there being super inspiring and motivating so Thank you so much and hopefully we will speak to you very soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. 
So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag The Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on the Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week. Thank you.